Mike, turn your games down. Hi, episode 264 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbardton, and who's jamming to some good music with me tonight? This is Blair Farrell from comicbookvideogames.com, and we may be strangers to you, but we're no strangers to love. <laughs> I do love that song. Uh, Brandon from the Nomads of Fantasy, and I would flarking love to talk about this in my podcast because this game rules. You should. I want to hear what Dave and Eric think of this game. <laughs> I've been pushing them to play it. And they're like, yeah, it's just 2023 had so many good games. It's hard to go back and play something from a couple years ago, I think. Which, what's 2023 games? I mean, I, the newest game I ever played is from 2021, I think. So what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you played Gotham I mean, Knights. That was 2022. Okay, yeah, okay. So 2022. I, I don't think I played anything from 20 that came out in 2023. Besides. I played 10 minutes Spider-Man too. Yeah. He got to be like me and just play all retro. Prime. <laughs> I didn't play that. Not the new version. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. <laughs> so we are here to talk about a game that I had no interest in covering until Blair convinced me to. <laughs> so we are Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, developed by Edios Montreal, published by Square Enix, and came out in 2021, which I think people forget this game even exists. This was the same team that did the Avengers game, right? They were a support studio. Uh, Crystal Dynamics was the lead, Eidos, and I think Nexus, who's now owned by Sony, did the porting the PC duties. Okay, but their name was somewhat, I don't know, I feel like the Marvel video game had a bad taste in it, and people oh, just yeah. were not interested, which is a shame because, I don't know, I mean, I got it for like 20 bucks off of Amazon, and I was blown away. Uh, I was like, man, I really should have just got this when it came out, but for $20, it's well worth that price that I paid. I got it in, hum- they had some Hundle Bundle or a Fanatical. There was something where it was like a really good deal. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll I'll buy it. And that's how it ended up on the show. And Because Blair, you you were always talking about this game. I wasn't sure about it because like many people after the whole Avengers thing, I was like, eh, whatever. I and- think there was definitely a few others. Like I know I was a primary one, but I feel like there was others. I just can't remember the names. And. You've had Greg, CJ, and Phil from Player One Podcast on the show, and they gave this unanimous game of the year for that show in 2021 as well. It was my game wow. of the year for our podcast. Yeah, I was like, I can't. Like, this game is just so good. Okay, you see, I didn't listen to either of those recordings of people talking about this game. I just had Blair, which is an opinion I trust very much, telling me to play this. Well, Blair, what is, like, the key thing that made you push him to put this on the show? Well, for one, I know Mike has played like, I don't know, recently like Breath of the Wild and a bunch of RPGs. It's short and I know it's not it's like pretty linear and story driven, which I know are like all things in the Mike Alberton checkbox. They are yes. where it's like short, little to no resistance. Uh, you've done a lot of Marvel stuff like the story is great. Performances are great. It's not overly challenging. And I, I mean, you've covered the Guardians movies in the past. We did Avengers and Gotham Knights, which I think you came around on once we did those. So I did. Yeah. Avengers like, last, but yeah. yeah, if you like those and there's like no reason why you wouldn't like this one, because it's of those three, it's the best. Oh, it's a damn good game. Like I was just I don't know. I was just skeptical because I also after Guardians volume two, the movie, I was really burned on the characters. And I and that's not I just really hate that movie. I don't know what it is, but that's one of those movies where it's like it hurt me here, it hurt me here. It's up there. But 
you know, I saw. I was just skeptical. Like I was also because with Avengers, when Avengers came out, and we saw the the different versions of the characters, which are fine versions, but I think we were too. I was too connected, and I feel like as a society, too, like people, the zeitgeist, we were too connected to those to those actors as those characters, and then you can't have them, so it kind of like throws you off. Like in here, I had a little bit of that issue where I'm like, yeah, these aren't the actors, but it it went away within minutes i was like i don't give a shit these are better like i I, when i when i finish this game i'm like these are better than the mcu i'm completely okay with these versions even though they're inspired they're clearly inspired by the movie mcu version but i feel after spending hour i mean the movies you get two hours with these characters in the video game i mean you might spend two hours each night playing this until you beat it so you spend a long time with these characters so they like i definitely prefer this version of greg um, Drax and Gamora. I thought they were better here. Yes, hundred percent. Drax is good. I really, really like Gamora in this. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming it's more towards the comic of Guard. I don't know anything about comics of Guardians. Unfortunately, I've never read a single issue of this team. The reviews say it's like a hybrid of like the MCU it's, and the comics. It's a lot of things, and I think for them, this game had a, a lot of things stacked against it before it even came out. I think the biggest is that. It has the same publisher as Avengers, and when Avengers eventually re- like unveiled itself, it very much was, here's, I know the joke is like in Spaceballs, it's like, you idiot, you captured their stunt doubles, and it was, they look very much and act like the MCU. And when the Guardians game showed up, people had a bad taste in their mouth because of Square and Avengers, so when this eventually revealed itself, it's... They leaned in the trailer towards Star Wars with a tape player like Drax doing his kind of shtick from the movies. So, again, it looked like the bargain basements MCU. But then I as I haven't read a lot of Guardians, I read some of the Brian Michael Bendis run. I've read the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning run, and this owes a lot to both of those. Like, I know it's shocking how much things they bring up in this. Like, in the movies, they it's, it's Ego is his dad, and this, it's Jason of Spartax, which was something revealed in the Brian Michael Bendis run. And, like, the war, and even, like, Richard Ryder and Nova. Like, if you just go into the Collector's Museum alone on Nowhere, there's so much stuff that what? goes way beyond, like, the Marvel-like films. Like, this is leaning more towards comics. even. The costumes, which I'm shocked that Spider-Man didn't do this, they give credit to the writers and the artists who made these suits that are unlockable. Yeah, I like that. I did not know you could go to no. I mean, I went nowhere, but I didn't know there was a collector's place I didn't really explore. I just played through the game, but that's cool. Yeah, you can buy a ticket or there's a bar you can go into and you meet a character named Lipless. And he's like, oh, you're my friend and you don't know who he is. So you kind of have to like fumble through this like Storm Rider song and he'll give you a ticket. And like in the ticket, it's, I know, like the ultimate nullifiers and their Stanley's glasses, Frog Thor's hammer, uh, Richard Ryder's helmet. That is so fun. Yeah, 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 that's cool. They had the frog uh, Thor there. I thought that was funny. Thor now. I, I did get some of the references because there was one. Well, I caught a couple Easter eggs when you were going through a computer at one point. You could see Richard Ryder and said missing and missing in action and some other stuff like that was cool too. Yeah, I would. Um, I don't know if you can replay any 
chapters in this game. I, I don't think, you, think can. You, you can. Okay, if you can, I don't just know. go. I didn't look. I would say I would say while it's still installed, oh, just go, on. just run around. Oh, is it? Yeah, I would say you could. <laughs> the moment I beat a game, they get uninstalled. <clears throat> oh, okay. So what's funny is when I beat this game, I beat it a year ago, like this week, and here I am replaying it again. I did the new game plus. Nothing crazy, but you get to keep all your abilities. So I was just flying through the story the second time, and uh, yeah, it holds up. I, I there's so much that happens in the story. I kind of forgot some of it. I mean, this game, I don't know, it does some fun things that, you know, like uh, like in the, one of the earlier missions, Rocket takes over the HUD of the video game. And while you're trying to, like, navigate across this level, you're also supposed to challenge him taking out, like, these aliens that are hanging around or something like that. So you can, stuff like that was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that this game plays around with the game itself. I, w- I won't give away the one that happens at the end of the game, but... I thought stuff like that was really charming. And I'm like, this game just has so much charm to it. I also love how that is the reason for all their problems. is because they were shooting ugly things inside this quarantine zone. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of the, the plot for this one? It's a pretty cool concept. It's good. You know, it's a villain. I mean, the all the villains in this were nothing that I expected, which was nice. I mean, again, I don't know Guardians very well. I, I just know the yeah, movies. Same. Like, these are characters that are like blank slates to me. The only other Guardians game I ever played is the Disney Infinity 2.0 Guardians game. So <laughs> that's it. I don't have very. I mean, there aren't many to play, but I have very little experience with this. With this. With these characters, I like it. I like the plot. I like the way that the game keeps you going and just. It's a really good story. Like, I was really happy that Blair convinced me to play this. Like, I needed to play this. And when I saw it on a deal, I was like, hell, there's no reason not to. Each character yeah. has, like, that art to it. And they, I love that they resolve it. It's something that I think comic books is notorious for. Because if, if they solve their arc, like, what's the point of reading it further? So they just kind of stretch it. And they're more or less the same person that you fell in love with since issue one. But, like, in the movies, you know, in two hours or, like, a trilogy, you can really complete an arc. And this game, you totally get to complete everyone's arc. And I and I love their stories. Uh, I think Morris is my favorite, but Drax was really good. And even Peter Quill's, where from the, the way the game opens when you're a kid, in the flashbacks and then, the, you know, all the stuff that happens at the end, I thought, like, I truly care about these characters. And usually video games, at least for me, I don't get emotionally connected I just can't. I, I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it's what it is, but I can never really truly connect with a video game. But this one, I I don't know. I like I, I want more. Like, I really want a sequel. Yeah, that's not happening. No, unfortunately. <laughs> Even one of the producers, I, I can't remember his name. He's um, he's with EA Motive now working on the Iron Man game. So I think some a lot of the key people and I think Jason Schreier has I think he had some scoop about what they're doing next. I think it's like another Deus Ex and something else. And it's even weird now because what happened, I guess, talking shop, it was that I know some Crystal Dynamics were owned by Square. And after this game came out, they were sold to the Embracer group, which is a terrible bunch of adventurers who are ruining video games. So the publisher is now patched out of the start of the game. (laughs) What the Okay. Well, Bracer lightning in the bottle, I guess, this game. You know, yeah. they somehow pull it, pulled it off. Nobody wanted to play it. And here, if you are listening to this and you haven't played it, like, you probably can get it real cheap. And it's beautiful. It's well acted. It's genuinely funny. It's got a good story. And it's that it's got that length that I like. It's 
how long did it take you guys? Like twelve hours, maybe to yeah. To I I also played a new game plus, and I I kind of had a muscle memory of kind of like how I approach encounters. Yeah. So I I think the best comparison I can give to anyone is if you love naughty dog games like Uncharted and The Last of Us, basically very linear story driven games. This is a naughty dog ass naughty dog game. Uh, but with like, like Mass Effect, right? Because you have your yeah. squad that you're controlling. Like, could you only play Peter Quill, but you get to control more or less the actions of the other characters, chat with them. And yeah, it feels and, good the way they do it. And that's how I always envision this, like a Guardians of the Galaxy game being is uh, the only thing. And this is not a slight against the game. It's it's kind of an industry trend now where it's. I love replaying this, but what's hard about certain games like this is when you are playing them and you kind of know the beats and it's like a little bit kind of not boring, but, you know, you just have to kind of know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you haven't done the most recent Resident Evil games in this show, unfortunately, but in Village, there's like an incredible sequence. But when you replay the game and you know what's happening, it's a slog. And there's only like a few moments in this where it's just like, okay, I just want to kind of get on with things. But for the most part, like it's, you know, it's it's linear, but there's just enough room to explore off the beaten path. And like there's always something, whether that's resources or costumes to find. And I know there was some pre-order bonuses. And what's great is that you can find those. So you're oh, not. Yeah, oh. like everything. Uh, yeah, Because I bought this day one. On PlayStation 5, like I have the collector's edition with the steel tin, and I think it was I can't remember which suits were in that bundle, but uh, there you can still find them in the game if you just bought into the regular edition. That is nice. Like, I appreciate that, that they weren't assholes about it. Because I feel like games usually like, oh, hey, you since you didn't get the pre-order bonus, well, you can buy it here for five, ten dollars. Like, you know, they're like shit like that. I like Blair, what you were saying about because yeah when you play this game twice the only weakness i think this game has is its actual gameplay like the the fighting it's not bad but it's not great and it's like the i think it's the weakest thing it's kind of some of the down. fights drag on a bit too long especially towards the end right yeah especially when you kind of have your rhythm so it's like my strategy is I use Rocket to bring people in. I snare them with Groot, and then I just have Gamora jump on top of them, which Mm -hmm. generally kills enemies. So I don't really play around with a lot of the other things. I just know my build, as it were. But I do love, at least when you're going through the first time, you do get like the the different abilities for Star Wars gun, which kind of break things up, and there's like some puzzles. I just wish there was like more stuff like that. Or side quests. Yeah. Something to reward that only unlock in the new game, you know new game whatever but But at the least too is like there are some things you can experience like for example at the start after you get out of the quarantine zone you have a choice on whether you can hide the llama cami that you find (laughs) or rockets contraband and depending on which one you pick it changes how the milano upgrades is the first time i think i hid cami Yep. So I never got missiles for the space battles. Right. And if you and that affects the mission later on because you're all locked in your rooms. And if you pick the contraband, you have to 
there's a mini game where you're basically singing Don't Worry, Be Happy, and Gamora is a terrible singer, and you have to use that to kind of guide Cammy to a button or something. But if you hide her, you just have to, like, sneak out a hole that she chewed into your room. Okay. Yeah, the game has a few of those. Some of them are a little bigger than others. I think there's one with Rocket where it's like, hey, we can just, like, Drax is like, I'll just throw a rocket across this canyon or whatever, and then he can hit the button on the other side. And you have to decide, like, to humiliate and let Drax do that or say, oh, we'll just have to find another way. I don't know if that actually affects the story. I think that just, you just have to play more of the level, maybe, but... I know when I, because I didn't throw him. I had, I had to go around. Me neither. Yeah, I threw him the first time. And <laughs> he was very mad because he gets mad at you throughout the whole game. <laughs> They're always yelling at each other in this game. <laughs> well, that's just the team in general, I feel. Right. It's just, that's just who they are. And, and they capture that well. Oh, to answer your earlier question, I put about 14 hours in this game. And people who know me, I, I play through fast. Like when we first started this game, I was not into it. I was just kind of like, during the whole quarantine, I was kind of like, this is okay, combat. And I just wasn't feeling it at all. Like, this game didn't, at first, did not grab me at all. I was just like, meh, whatever. But as time went on, then I really got into the game. I got in, I mean, yes, the combat can get repetitive. Like, you guys are 100% right. Because I had my, except I never really stuck to a same, like, doing the same things. I kept, I don't know why, but. I would just switch off randomly just to do just see just do other stuff just because I didn't really like ever pay attention to like what how I should do it. I didn't I don't know, I just didn't care as much. I had fun. I just wasn't I didn't have like a really good strategy for combat. Was it the was it the group huddle in the action scene? Is that what got you when they started playing the music? I right? think that helped when that first <laughs> showed up and the first song I got was I think Never Gonna Give You Up and I was just like, All right, I'm sold. And that's what started it. It it took a little bit. Once I got once I got through the quarantine zone, I got farther, and I think just then I started to really get into the game, started to understand it, and appreciate just the just how much this game is wandering around, talking, exploring a bit, following a linear path, which is nice after all the games I've been playing, and then a combat scenario, which is a closed arena essentially where you fight endless amounts of enemies until you they run out, and like I got okay with it because it just it just got fun enough. But again. This is a game that you experience for the story. You experience for the random banter between the characters. Like, that's what this game is for. It's not, you know, I mean, if you want a stupid combat game where you fight the same enemies for hundreds of hours, you got Avengers for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like seeing like Mantis and Cosmo and all those characters. Like, oh, Mantis is incredible. She's like my favorite character in this entire (laughs) game. Same. I did not like her in the movies. And I'm like, she is great. I like her in the movies, but I hate her in the movies. I really hate the second movie, which you're going to hear me say that over and over again, by the way. Just to be yeah, I, didn't, I, I like them all I equally. I love <laughs> too. And I think Mantis really wins you over in the holiday special, too. You know, I have not seen that ever yet. I've seen the third movie, but I never saw the holiday special. I'm yeah, kind of okay. burned out on MCU, unfortunately. So. I'm with you on that. That's that's that, I'm totally with you on the burnout, man. At this point. But this game, I think... I think Guardians is its own. It's like Deadpool and Guardians. I think people are still okay with because they're kind of the outsiders of the superhero formula. Yeah. And I think this game just kind of captures like the fun of Guardian. You got really catchy music, uh, really funny characters, um, but there's like heart to their stories. And again, the visuals, just the world. It's like every world, the art direction was just killer. Like this, I always just wanted to see more. I'm like, man, it just looks good. It's what I love about Cosmic Marvel as I only really got into it in the past few years, like I, I was reading Guardians and then I read the Silver Surfer books by Dan Slott and Michael Alred. And 
what I love is that you can take these people and put them anywhere, like on these weird planets and space stations. And, you know, like Marvel Spider-Man 2 came out this year. And I mean, it's a great game. I didn't love it as much as everyone else. But the thing about Spider-Man is that he's in New York and it's game three now, technically. And the second one has snow, but it's a lot of the same places that you're going to. Yeah. Uh, there's only so much you can do unless you pluck Spider-Man out of there and bring him somewhere else. And then it's like a little bit weird. Like Shattered Dimensions, for example, it's like every level is something different. And that's just the conceit. But like with a cast of the Guardians, like you're going on nowhere. Then you're in like the weird golden, like universal truth ship. And you do go back to some mm-hmm. places. But even then, it's like the Nova ship when it's just like completely wrecked. Oh, I love and you're it. like kind yeah, of figuring so... out like what's happening that's when it gets really good. I think is like when Nikki is taken and that's when the story really gets more serious. And then you feel like their decisions matter. And like the whole loop with her, with the whole birthday cake, that whole, I don't know. I'm, I'm a sucker for a loop. You know, I love when like I have to do something over and over and I'm like, man, this is like, I gotta, you know, like what trying to figure it out. It's like a twilight zone episode. It's just like, what is the hook? Like what is going on here? And I didn't see any of that coming the first time. But, it, you know, it made sense. They have a couple, I don't, I don't know, plot twists, I guess. I mean, but... We can definitely spoil everything as we continue on, because that's what I do. That's, so, okay. Like, one thing I, I did not catch, like, earlier when, when you were playing this game, like, you end up seeing a, a yellow stone, and I, I did not put two and two together, and he sh- and they shoot it, and then this purple, this, like, purple blob comes out, which ends up being the whole, you know, problem for the entire game. Like, I had no idea what that was. I mean, I have read Infinity War is where Magus takes place in, but like I didn't know anything about that character. I know See. I know he looks like Adam Warlock. That was about it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is if your only knowledge or your most of your knowledge comes from, say, the movies, it does, which they kind of have to do their own thing based on how they've planned everything out, because like Adam Warlock is a character that's intrinsically tied to the soul stone. Yeah. But in the movies, he never debuted until a few years after the infinity stack was over and all the stones are gone. I thought it was weird. I really thought Adam Warlock was going to be in the movies before that, when it came to the soul stone. Well, yeah. he probably would have, if James Gunn never got unfortunately canceled. Oh yeah. That yeah. happened before Endgame, didn't it? Guardians was supposed to come out like a lot earlier and then people dug up weird uh, or just like tweets that James Gunn had already apologized for. And these were happened before the first Guardians came out. Then everyone got into a frenzy and Disney basically cut ties with him. And then Warner Brothers was like, well, hey, if you don't want him, we'll take him. And then he made Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. And then they're like, okay, we want you back now. And then Guardians happened, and now they basically created their worst enemy because James Gunn is now the leader of DC Studios. Right. <laughs> so I mean, it was like a I weird... mean, to be fair, it feels like it won't matter because when DC Studios takes off, I feel like Marvel is just crumbling down anyway, and just they need to take a step back. So. And that's the thing about like you mentioned like Deadpool earlier and Guardians, and the thing about those properties and i mean ryan reynolds isn't like the director i think he might have some writing input on deadpool probably more than what i am giving him credit for but he's kind of the one who's spearheading that project and same thing with james gunn and guardians like the guardians films 
they are in the MCU, but they're also James Gunn films, which is why right. in this past year, like Guardians has felt so Guardians three felt so much more different and refreshing than a lot of Marvel's output recently, because it like oh, it God, has yes. his stamp all over it. And it doesn't really set that much up, except for maybe what the team looks like going forward. And this game owes so much of that because, I mean, you have to because, you know, for many people like like even yourself, Mike, like you mentioned, like you haven't read that many of the Guardians comics. So you kind of have to lean into like Star Lord having the tape player Drax being somewhat literal because yeah. that's how you get people in. But then once they're in, you're going to learn about like the Magus and Adam Warlock and like Peter Quill's actual lineage and how it relates to like this planet. And like, I'm shocked that like, even like Yondu is just, he's just in jail this entire game. There's no hint that he's right. Going to come back because it's not like a recreation of what we've, this is the thing that video games do that I can't stand sometimes. It's like, okay, you saw the movie, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's make that again. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's just like, do something a little bit different. Like don't be so different. But uh, what they did with this one is, it's just the events after. So, like, Nebula's dead. Gamora kills her, I think. Um, yeah. Thanos has already been killed off, you know. I like that the stuff that we're already familiar with, that's that's in the past. This is like, now they're trying to figure out what are the Guardians of the Galaxy and get their brand name out there and get people to understand, you can hire us. So I like that you're kind of thrown into it, kind of like what Game of Thrones and Star Wars did, right? There's like They're like, I feel like we're in the middle of a big story. And, like, you are. So enjoy. And I think that's what this game does. You just kind of start running. And I don't know. I thought that was a smart move because I was like, oh, these characters are dead already? Oh, okay. You know? And then yeah, that I, let me meet, like, Lady Hellbringer, you know, which is oh. awesome. So I, 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 after I got introduced to Lady Hellbringer, which is fucking awesome, by the way, I like her a lot. I looked up her comic because I'm like, I kind of, and her first appearance is not an old comic and is not expensive. And I'm like, I was really tempted to order on eBay just like yeah, put it on my wall. She's a pretty recent character because I didn't know who she was. And she's that was hilarious. The only, the only real villain they had showcased in some of the trailers, I think, until I think it was like the trailer for like in during the state of play where they announced Spider Man 2 and Wolverine. And I saw like some of the characters. I was like, oh, this might be Universal Church of Truth, which is like the first arc of the DNA run, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the only I, I, I take it back. The only Guardian comic I did read one sort of. I read Old Man Quill, but I don't think that really counts. It's from the Old Man Logan type stuff. I read that one. And that talks a little bit about his lineage, but I don't remember anything about it because it was in 2020. So, <laughs> Well, it's like the, the opening is pretty much... Because Star-Lord's a weird character who's, like, existed since the 60s or 70s, and he's had yes. a few different origins, and I think only recently they've begun to reconcile all of them. So the whole he's the prince of Spartax is from the Brian Michael Bendis run that started in 2013. Like, they did an issue zero, which is pretty much just almost the start of this game, where he's home with his mom and then he gets taken uh, although i think it's the i think it's the badoon which uh is another marvel alien race but this just uses chitauri because it's a more familiar name i guess and just generic alien monsters i mean i was glad to see the chari i don't i was like these aren't the chitauri i know because unfortunately all i know is from the freaking the movies unfortunately 
But I, I like this. I like that they're just giant hulks, essentially. I mean, that's what they look at me, like just giant hulk-like creatures. And then I realized, I really want Chitauri and Marvel Snap as a card. That's. <laughs> and this is what I miss about kind of like license comic book games, because they're bringing in a lot of stuff that make you want to go and read, as opposed to kind of just doing a lot of the same beats. Like, if you read this and you go see the costumes and you just go into the viewer and it's like, this is from Guardians of the Galaxy issue, whatever, 2014, written by whoever. And you're like, oh, maybe I want to go read this or like, who is Richard Ryder? And then you'll start getting to a, like a wormhole or sorry, like a rabbit hole of <laughs> like, oh, what happened here? And I think a couple of years ago, a lot of this was out of print, but now they've recollected it. Like when I started reading Guardians of the Galaxy in 2013, I wanted to go back and read the Dan Abbott Andy Landing run, but it was all out of print. Because um, there's a few books, it's Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest, and those are kind of a big, like, universal war set up for their Guardians of the Galaxy run that kind of brought in the team of, like, Peter, Gamora, Rocket, Star-Lord, etc., which you see here, and, and they kind of like loosely bring that in and yeah it's it's like like such a huge universe like you said it's like star wars where something has happened but you're just coming in on this story yeah the world building i think is pretty solid it's taking something that you're familiar with be it the comics or the movies and kind of does its own thing so i think anybody that is a fan of guards of the galaxy sounds like because i'm you know hearing you and you, you clearly are a fan and you will enjoy the game and then you got people who are more casual about it, like myself or maybe Mike. And we had a great time, you know. So I think I it's mean, just like a win-win if you like video games. To your, <laughs> to your earlier statement, I, I'm glad that, like, I agree with you. I'm glad they got rid of Thanos. I'm glad that we got that stuff out of the way so we don't have to retread things that the movies have already done. And we don't need that. And I, I like I think that made like that made the game better. Like, you know, your first like when the first game starts off, it's just them up to antics. Then they get arrested. And like the whole thing is you're trying to pay off a fine. So you decide, OK, hey, we're going to we're going to we're going to trick Lady Hellbender, this fucking like demon goddess, almost like person, like, this gigantic this, this woman that can freaking breathe in space and has an army of monsters because we need money to pay off a fine. Like it's fucking hilarious. And then that leads to all the other issues that come later on when you find out that the, that they shot the soul stone, they released Magus and Magus infected the whole Nova, the whole, this one Nova ship was then infected, like almost the entire galaxy in the process of it. Like it's a really, it goes from a very simple story to a very big story, but right. yeah, oh, it got me a hundred percent interested to read comics and to read more guardians. Like, I don't really give a shit about these guys normally, but I'm like, I want to read more now. Right. So for for the Lady Hellbender mission, which did you pick? Did you pick to sell Rocket or did you pick to sell Groot? Groot. The first time I did Rocket, the second time I did Groot. That's um, what I did too. Yeah, and it's the same outcome. I didn't finish my second run through before this recording, so maybe there's something at the very end that happens, but I, I didn't do. notice anything. I, I don't know if you have to, because I know when you rescue Groot, you have to sneak around and not wake up any of the sleeping mercenaries. I'm not right. sure. Oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe that mission was a little bit different. All I remember is that Rocket, if you if you put Rocket in situations, he gets very mad at you, more so than usual. That's what I did the second. I was way nicer to Rocket. I was... Well, when I play games like this, I always try to make nice decisions. It's just me too. My Good guy. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point. Yeah. So that's what like, but this, this game kept me going the entire time. Like I'm watching the speed run of it right now to try to remember stuff that I forgot. Like I, I've been playing too many games. Well, I got a I can, question. Did you yes. guys, did 
did you guys uh, close the refrigerator door on the ship? No. Oh, a bunch. I don't think so. Maybe <laughs> every time I walk by it, I have to. It's oh. such a fun little thing. They just have this re- little refrigerator door open in the middle like living room area. And you can just close it and just keep closing it. And I don't know, the banter around it, it's funny. Oh, the ship in general. I want to take, take a sense. So that's something that I think video games get right or wrong. Destiny is a great shoot, first person shooter, but like you don't have any time hanging out in your ship. And I feel like a space game has to nail that. And then Starfield came out and it's just a meh experience in your ship. So I feel like some games get this right. I know Mass Effect did a really good job where you got this big ship, you're the captain and you walk around and talk to people and all this stuff. And it feels like you're on Millennium Falcon or something. In this game, it has it. Like, you don't have to walk around and talk to people, but if you want, you can go. There's a llama, space llama, down in the docking area, you know? So it's got that, like I said, Mass Effect thing, you know? You can just kind of walk around and talk and play real RPG mode, or you can just do a straight-up third-person action game and just beeline it. I mean, to also, like, another thing you were kind of, like, some, there are, I mean, I did run into some stuff where, depending on your choices that you make or how you do with the dialogue trees, will play out later. Like, there's an early part with Nikki where if you get her to, if you get the key card from her, you end up having, you end up skipping a whole battle later on in the game. There are multiple stuff like that where you could skip fights if you, depending on how you talked. I love that, too. Yeah, and in in the final battle, because something I, I actually had to look up how to do it because I did a few runs through when it came out. And I think it wasn't until my third playthrough when I bought it for Xbox that I had the world mind show up in the final battle. Oh, yeah. When you talk yeah, for the Kree, I didn't know or not the Kree. I didn't know the Nova had a world mind. I thought that was the Kree. But then again, I don't I know. They have the um, the supreme intelligence. Well, that's that big, ugly blob thing, right? Yes. Okay. It was in the marbles for like a hot second. You know, I haven't seen that movie. I mean, a lot of people haven't. <laughs> I wanted to. I really wanted to, but I didn't want to go by myself. My wife, you can go by yourself. I'm like, but I want to do a date night where I get to see the movie and take you out and make you happy at the same time. But I was like, yeah, it's not worth it. Otherwise, I'll go over. Yeah, course. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't go see it. I saw Aquaman. Though. It was weird. She, did, she wasn't interested in going to see Marvel, but for some reason, she wanted to see Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom. Oh, gee, I, I wonder why. why she wanted to see yeah, that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, so I was thinking about the the plot, actually. So there is a couple main villains in this, but you have that Golden Church character. I'm, I'm, I know he's probably from like the comics. I've never seen this guy, but the what they call it, the Universal Church of Truth, yes. led by Grand Unifer Racker. Right. Okay. So he was being he was already captured by the Nova Corp in the beginning of the game, and. Quill, Peter Quill is the one who releases this main villain, right? So like the dark side of what's his face. So like Adam Warlock. What would have what would have happened if he didn't release that evil creature and you have Raker on on Novacorp? Like was he going because he's the one that's taken over people, right? Was it what what would have happened if he never released that creature? Like would this have played out the same? I think nothing. I think he just would have been arrested and that'd been the end of it because he wouldn't have had the power. Magus was searching for like a host and searching for Magus, and you, connected yeah. with someone who helped yeah, be the guy that released Magus. Yeah, he was trapped in the Soul Stone and then it got out. And then they were, yeah, because even the catalyst of everything, I kind of fumble on the start because I think they also were going around the quarantine zone because they knew something was there related to the Magus and kind of the promise, which is 
kind of like like monkey's paw wishmaster style thing where you get what you want but it's not real so yeah it, it kind of like oh uh, yeah it just would have been i mean nothing they just probably would have went to lady hellbender paid it off their fine and then that that would have been it okay yeah it wouldn't have happened i mean i if i remember correctly i think maybe he was in the quarantine zone they caught him and that's why he got arrested i can't remember they said yeah, they just they just found him floating in space looking for his church or something. But yes, they didn't have any like the the weird faith energy that powered their ship. And then they, I think, because yeah, you find out that Carell, who is like Peter's, flame. Peter had a past with like Old Flame, which I think I have a book. They did a a tie in novel for this, and I think they mentioned that whole the when they get together on that planet and everything. And then the incident happens where, like, she gets, like, she effectively dies, and then it's Nikki's fault because she's stowed away because she just basically wants to grow up fast. Oh, I okay. really like Nikki. I like the whole storyline, how they lead you mm-hmm. along all game with Nikki. Oh, like, yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, that actress is about twenty something years old. <laughs> she does a good job. Yeah, it's sad. It's a uh, it's a sad story. You could, and you're 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 thinking they make you think that hey this could be Peter Quill's daughter and no it's not the case she's really just a she's like was it Gamora right just a she, yeah she was a war orphan because the yeah. entire game they basically say like and I kind of wish they would have pulled on that thread and just had it be but then you know as the game plays out he's like okay she's gonna be like a surrogate daughter and that's yeah. a character that I I didn't really know a lot about because I oh, she from the comics. Yes, because oh. I looked her up after because I thought it was someone else that she was going to turn into. But then I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's this person okay. who I don't really have a lot of background with. OK, yeah, I liked her. Nikki was great. I, honestly, all the characters. There was not one character I was like rolling my eyes against. Like I thought all the characters were fun that you meet. They were. They all everything like. But I, I want to go back to like Mantis. As I was saying before, mm-hmm. like I really don't like Mantis in the MCU. But in this, she was just. Everything with her was great, and like her being like, "Oh, I can see the different, you know, ga- timelines and everything." Like, I like that. Oh, this is the one where hopefully this isn't the one where you die. Like, you know, it was just so good. Uh, I mm-hmm. Cosmo was great. Like, especially when you get to fight Cosmo <laughs> and he gets kind of in with the corrupted by the by Magus. Like, that was funny as hell. He's like, and they're like, "You're a good dog. You're a good dog." All I can think of was Guardians Three. Yeah, yeah. Who, take it who, back. Take it back. Who were those twin goons that attack you? They were pretty interesting. Uh, they I got you from the comics. They, they yeah, they're actually from Thanos' first appearance in comics, by the way. Oh, no shit. Okay. They're on the cover of that book that is now worth tons of money, and I had a chance to buy it for cheap, and I fucking regret it. But wow. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I had a chance to buy it for 50 bucks wow. <laughs> years before Thanos was in the movies, and mm. I did not. So. Whoops. Maybe it's even cheaper. But Iron Man 55, I think, is the issue number. But <laughs> no, they're from they're old characters from the comics. And it was good. I, I can't remember their name. I didn't know they're the Blood Brothers, but I knew exactly who they were as soon as they showed up. I'm like, that's a deep cut because they haven't been in anything else. I mean, sure, I'm sure they've been in comics. They haven't been in any anything else that I'm aware of. And I, you know, I live in this world. So, right. of, so I was like, okay, that's cool to have they had a lot of deep cuts in it, and I appreciated that. The character design was really good. Like sometimes video game villains can be very generic even if they're based off of like a comic they just seem like generic but i feel like these characters 
had they they were acted well, but the just the art direction they just looked different. And I'm like, yep, this is a cool looking character. You know, it makes me want to sneak in the comics for a second just to see, you know, just who they are based on. And uh, I thought the game did a hell of a job with their character design as well. I mean, trust me, if I didn't have as much going on as I do at the moment, I would have texted people and be like, hey, let's cover a Guardians of the Galaxy comic. But I got too much shit going on that I got planned. Yeah. But, no, I mean, that's what this game did to me. It made me want to dig more into it because the characters are just so well done. So, like, I mean, that that's impressive to me when you could make me that interested. And, like, I really felt for Groot in this game and Rocket. And I'm, I mean, I know I like the character because of the movies, but, like, they did such a good job of making you care for everybody on your team. Like, you were saying earlier about the story arcs, like, Rocket really grows in this. Even Drax grows, like, all the stuff with Lady Hellbender, where she's like, oh, you're Drax the Destroyer. Huh? Like, I like, I like when she's flirting with him. That was wonderful. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like the uh, joke where they're like, oh, yeah, Drax loves Lady Hellbender, like. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, your voice changes, and you're all like, ooh, Lady Elman is like, that does not sound like me at all. And I was just like, <laughs> obviously, Drax, they're not <laughs> impersonating. It was just funny. Like, the, the jokes were really good. Yeah, that, I don't know who these voice actors are, but again, like, I'm, I'm a big stickler on finding good voice actors because I saw Troy Baker is going to be Indiana Jones because we can't find anyone else to voice characters other than, like, Nolan North and Troy Baker, I feel. Because they're famous. That's all. Well, it's kind of like a big name. I yeah, I also saw that, but I would rather Troy Baker voice Indiana Jones than them try to like shoehorn in a Hollywood actor, which is what they're doing with a lot of games now. Like I feel that the era. Mm, I of, like that. Mm, I'm a fan of all that. I am so over the voice acting of video games for the last thirty years. I, there's like so many good games, and I'm like, I gotta turn out turn the voice down because it's so bad but i I can't imagine like you know you have people like like a kevin conroy who was a nobody until he became batman or roger craig smith who did Ezio and assassin's creed or yuri lowenthal from the prince of persia games like the era of kind of those guys coming up is is dying because you're getting like hideo kojima working with major actors idris elba in like cyberpunk cyberpunk yeah and then like these actors like it's you've never heard of them like they're all canadian and a lot of them well i don't know all of them but i know john mclaren who does star lord he basically he's done a lot of like he's done a few hallmark movies as i've seen him in some of those and kind of like those things you know he's in a new series streaming on crave about a hockey player which is you know very on brand for canadians but he's also streams if you follow John McLaren on Twitter, like he like he streams pretty regularly and he'll talk about like working on this and like he's a really nice guy. And that's what I can tell from playing this, that's the amount of buds that people were saying that I could tell that most of these people were Canadian. <laughs> and and that's something that for me was very nostalgic because like kind of when I got in games like during like the PlayStation era it was the voice acting pool was all pulled from Canada. So all of these like Canadian people like Allison Court, like Resident Evil 2 and a bunch of people who did like the voices like Beast Wars and Reboot who just got big just as they pulled from like Vancouver and to see like a bunch of like a group of basically unknown Canadian actors come up again. It just, you know, it made me happy. It gave me, I guess, pride for the country, I suppose. 
I don't know. I'm I, I'm liking this mix because when you get it's like a little game called Firewatch, and one of my favorite parts about that game is the there's the actor uh, I think it's Rich Som- Rich Sommer or something like that. He's from Mad Men. He po- he he does the voice of Henry, and it's a very dialogue heavy game. And I just feel that those people are at another level when it comes to what if they can pull it off because it's not not everybody's gonna be like kill it. You know, like Keanu Reeves. I mean, you're not you're not watching Keanu Reeves because of his acting. I don't think you know. <laughs> it's more because he's really good at action. He just just has the body for it. He just looks cool, you know. So if he does the voice to um, I forget the name of the character from Cyberpunk, but like yeah, it's Johnny pretty rough. Silverhand, you got it. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's Keanu Reeves. He did not like <laughs> do anything different. But uh, yeah, Idris Elba. I didn't play the DLC yet, but I'm assuming he probably brought some gravitas to it. He's a great actor. But so, I, I think when you have that, it's like some people like you're getting people who grew up with games and they mm. love it. But then some people just now see it as a, a job and you don't get that same level of commitment. Like how much money would they spend to say get Giancarlo Esposito and Far Cry where he's going to do like a little bit and probably get nominated at the Game Awards just because and they could have, mm. you know, hired a really talented actor whose main kind of income and skill is in voice acting and just would charge a lot less like like Metal Gear Solid 5 like do we really need Kiefer Sutherland when we have a perfectly good David Hayter yeah but that's nostalgia I think because like I've played those games over the years and I don't know I mean it's probably the writing too it's pretty dry it's like the Master Chief you know like I love Halo I love the Master Chief but when he talks like this, it's kind of ridiculous, you know? So I don't know. It's it's weird. I think I think this is a new era, though. I'm hoping that it, it challenges some of the veteran voice actors to step it up. Because I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a great example of it. There are so many characters talking, and they're all doing a good job. Sometimes you play a Final Fantasy game, and there'll be one of those characters on the team that's just like, you're not going out on this mission because the voice actor is annoying. And I'm not, <laughs> you're not leaving the <laughs> ship, you know? So... I don't know. I'm. That's just me. This is a personal thing that I have, and that's why I think this game is great because it it scratches that itch where it's just like I can listen to these guys talk the whole time. And that's it a really hard thing to do with a game where it's it's interactive, and I even love when they give you the hints that because sometimes in games, and I know there's like a kind of a joke where it's there's two paths and you think you go down the one that you're not supposed to. And then you go down the one you're supposed to, and then you miss going over to the other place. But in here, if you go the way you're not supposed to, they're just like, Oh, what are you doing? Come on. We have to go this way. So, you know, there's something over there, like whether it's like a costume or resources to like Uh, spend uh. at the crafting tables. Yeah. I appreciate that. Like the hell, the voice acting was really good in this game. Like, I, I'm usually not a big caring about, but after watching Scott Pilgrim takes off, which you will hear about soon, <laughs> if this is right when it releases, I really got upset with voice acting when you could hire voice actors and you get Hollywood actors that can't voice act. So that, yeah, I well, those yeah, are phoning it in. That, they only that, have, really and again, that's the the thing about Hollywood actors is like, okay, I have, you know, okay, we have Chris Evans for like like three days and you have to get everything done. There's no time to kind of do it again. Um, Mm. But even how like how the relationships factor into the game, 
because early on, for example, you see you because you can use a team to kind of solve basic puzzles like you use Drax to move something or rocket to like go fix something to build a bridge or open a door. And at the start of the game, when you're kind of still they're still not very they're a team, but they're not formed. Like you'll have to command them and it'll like rocket will say something like, oh, yeah, OK, I got to go do this. But after but towards the end, they just do it automatically. Like Groot will make the bridge. Rocket will go do the thing. Gamora mm-hmm. will cut open the door and how they can like, you know, factor that story into how like the game plays is just really great, too. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That, I, that was a nice little touch to show that, you know, you're growing as a team. In this adventure, like, because it never says how long they've been together. It doesn't, because again, it's irrelevant. Right. It's just ambiguous. Yeah, we're just a team. I think it's they like a few each years because I think they say something like originally it was Peter, Rocket, and Groot. Because Rocket mentions a few times, oh yeah, remember it was just the three of us. We didn't have these two guys holding us back, and we could do so much more. Like he's a bit resentful of Drax and Gamora. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's probably been a couple years then, but. This game brings them together because by the end, they're definitely a family, which is what you notice. Like some of that stuff can fall flat, but I feel like the tension in the beginning, you know, you're always um, between conversations. You can interject and like side with somebody or not say something. And over the course of the game, they start like comping like, hey, you know, like that was actually a pretty good move. Thanks for bailing me out there. You know, like they start trusting each other. And then by the end, they feel like a unit. And I don't know how much you explored, Mike, because sometimes you can find like items in the world that you bring back to your ship and then you kind of like give a present like a doll to Gamora and then Mm -hmm. she'll like tell you the story about how this thing happened or you can get like a universal translator and you'll bring it to Groot and Rocket will say like, you know, there's no packet for translating Groot. I found a couple. I, I tried to explore in this game. I tried to take different paths and just I tried to look for stuff. I didn't try to rush through this, but I I missed a lot, I'm sure, just because I just would go the right way and not realize it right, <laughs> you know, or not see the other path. For some reason, I was really bad at telling an area where you're supposed to squeeze through. Like, I had a really hard time noticing that. I had a few instances like that, too. And I've gone through this a few times. And even then, it's, you know, that loading screen area into the... <laughs> You know, the, the trope now where it's like the squeeze to load into a new area. Those Tomb Raider games, those new ones. I was well, like, oh, here we go. God of Wars. Yeah, that was that too. First. Yeah. And something I know that's optional, that's incredible, and you can completely miss it. And I'm assuming that you did, Mike. Did you talk to Drax while you're on Nowhere? No. Okay. Because there's a whole conversation where Drax is kind of just like looking out into space. I think it's like this area that's like the edge of the universe. Mm -hmm. And Peter and Drax just have a conversation just about religion and Drax saying like, this is heaven to my people. And if you don't die a warrior's death, then you don't go to heaven. And Peter kind of explaining like Christian heaven to him. And, you know, the two of them kind of talking about like their loss and like you know i think my mom died and she went here and like drax is like i don't know if my family is there because they didn't die this way and it's so great but it's also something that you can completely miss dude the whole gamora thing i didn't do the first time through and the second time i made an effort to find the dolls and talk to her more 
her whole story about why she collects dolls I missed. And it's sad. Thanos just totally like one day just gave her the only time she got a gift, her and her sister got a doll. And then I don't know, somehow when she wasn't looking, Thanos took it like away from her and brought a rift between her and her sister and they started blaming each other. And then he took him, took the other one from Gamora. And it was just like a lesson of just like, don't like anything, you never find happiness or something like that. But he's just like a constant jerk. And she said, that was the only time I thought he would be nice. And it was all just a test. So it's like, yeah, you totally could have missed that. Out on that. Yep. That's cool. But what, what's funny, though, is <laughs> I did it too early in the game because I had this conversation with her about this sincere story about why she collects dolls. And I'm like, I totally understand why. And then I go to start the next mission. I go to the cockpit. She's there. And she's trying to buy some dolls and she closes it right away. It's like, were you trying to buy dolls? She's like, I don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, it's acting like that conversation didn't happen. <laughs> and and I was just like, but we just went through it. So I think they they messed up a little bit where you can learn about the, the story of the dolls. And then something happens that you have to experience in the story. And it just didn't really happen in the right order. But, but yeah, talk to those characters. Go in their room and chat with them. The, it's well written. They're beautiful stories. Oh, and to go back to the Drax thing, I just want to say, so Drax is a Klingon is what you're telling me. All right. That's what I was thinking of the whole time when you said that. I'm in a Star Trek mood lately, too. So I like Even... that Drax has got that. His, his mind is like taken over. for like, That was game. good. That was, that was fun because then you get a lot of Mantis. Yeah. Well, that and the whole idea is that, you know, he lost his family. So he's like, you know, he want he that's why he gave into the promise because he wanted his family back. I mean, right. And when, earlier when you were talking about the faith power, I could think of, hey, this is a situation where thoughts and prayers actually do something. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make that joke. Someone out there got mad at me, but I had to make that joke. <laughs> and even so in, the, in the final mission, you kind of have these new costumes that seemingly mm-hmm. come out of nowhere. <laughs> but if you what go the- into Rocket's room and you, there's a note where he's... It talks about how he's negotiating with someone to get solid like gold costumes and how expensive they are, you know, because it's something where it's like, okay, here's our coming together moment. Like it happens at the end of Avengers where they kind of have like new suits and the most recent Spider-Mans have had the same thing. And now here and it's like, where did these come from? Like they're broke, but it explains that. And that's what happens when you kind of like, you know, look under all the nooks and crannies. Yeah. And also, like with Adam Warlock, I want to mention about that, which I thought was amusing, too, is that he reminded me of like Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. He just off or Yoda just off in the middle of nowhere, just hiding, doesn't want to do anything with anybody. (laughs) I really like that. It felt very fitting. Yeah. Would you you guys did you guys like the two endings that this game had? I thought that was good. I unfortunately knew because I was looking up a guide when I was playing this. So I knew what was coming. So, yeah, but I wasn't surprised, unfortunately. I wish I wouldn't have been looking up a guide, but I looked up. I didn't I didn't like I didn't follow a guide. I just looked up a guide to see how many chapters were in the game so I could plan out how much I needed to beat in a day. Each mm. day. Yeah, which did hurt the game a bit for me. And it's my fault. So I can't. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I was a little bummed that I I spoiled <laughs> Magus. I spoiled Fing Fing Foom on the same fucking chapter. I was like, oh, I wonder what's in this chapter. Did you, oh, <laughs> fuck. So, yeah, I I. Mm. Spoil myself a couple times. I mean, it didn't take away the fun, but no, the ending yeah. stuff was cool. Like I, I that would have gotten me had I not known that I'm like, there's another chapter. I got to fight Megas still like mm. <laughs> it's it's kind of implied because you kind of see him just like like urging like he's going to vomit or something. Right. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. No, it was just visually awesome looking, just like how the game ends and everyone's happy. And there's a parade. And they're all marching top of the world. And I'm like, this is a weird ending, I feel. Like, this doesn't feel like a Guardians of the Galaxy ending. But uh, yeah, that was great. I was like, ah, oh, yes. Stuff like this is fun. And games need to do this more, where they just yeah. kind of shake things up a little bit. Don't be so formulaic, you know? The open world games have really, as fun as they are, and I play a lot of them, they're very formulaic, you know? And they kind of need to be to get that replayability over and over again, because it's just, here's a really big map. Now go, like, okay, Assassin's Creed, what are you going to do? Huh? Somebody's going to send you some place. You're going to kill a bunch of bad guys, find something, bring it back. You know, it's the same thing over and over again. On the flip side, the issue with something like this is that, well, I think the sales had a lot of just negative buzz going into it for reasons we've already discussed with like Avengers Mm -hmm. and Square Enix. But what you're seeing now, and I, I hope we don't see it next month with Prince of Persia Lost Crown, is that a game like this comes out and someone says, like the reviews say, oh, it's linear, it's like this long, and then you would get this big, like social media, like wave that says, oh, it's only this long, it's this, I don't need to buy this because it's not a hundred hours, why is this worth, you know, in Canada, a hundred dollars, or in the States, like sixty, seventy dollars. Yeah. They're saying and this with the like, Hellblade 2, that it, oh wow, it's only 11 hours or 12 hours long. Like, I'll like, wait for my a lips. sale. <laughs> like, they say, I'll wait for a sale, and then it doesn't sell well, and then people play it once it gets discounted, and they say, oh, why isn't there a sequel? Like, why didn't anyone tell me this was good? And then everyone told you it was good. It's happening with Midnight Suns right now, where that oh, game okay. didn't sell very well, and now everyone out of nowhere is saying, like, oh, man, too bad we didn't get a sequel. I'm like, well, you didn't buy it until, like, it was on a Humble Bundle. Like, what do you expect? I mean, that's <laughs> how I got it, but that's how I get all my games. Yeah, so exactly. But, it's like, cheap. you know, like, it's hard because money is tight and budgets are tight. But, you know, that's the thing. And, you know, like this, and, and we we did Gotham Knights not too long ago. When I think about the Xbox 360 era a lot, where you have something like, say, Assassin's Creed that comes out in 2007, Mass Effect, same year, Uncharted, same year. And then two years, you get a sequel that delivers on the promise of the first one. And how I think with the way games are made now, because it just takes so much longer that we're missing that. Like, just think about the lessons they could have taken from this and brought into a sequel. Like, maybe you have, like, like in Mass Effect, how you have those, like, explorable planets where... Like maybe you go on the team somewhere and then you find something mm-hmm. or, you know, there's brief missions. Oh, please leave it on an open world experience at the end. Like now we just release DLC over the time, you know, and like, eat. Oh, yes. I wouldn't even it's, say like an open world, just small little planets. That's what I meant. Not open world, but just open yeah. worlds to go. I can go and download the this mission and I can go and do it. Because I would love to have even like because I've envisioned for years, a Rocket Raccoon game that basically is Ratchet and Clank. Like, put that character in a game where he's just doing some mission, where Groot is, you know, the heavy that Mm. breaks it up every now and then, but Rocket is platforming and shooting big guns at enemies. Definitely letting us play the other characters would have been something, even if it's just like a mission or two, you know? Not that I didn't, I didn't, I was never upset that I'm only playing Peter Quill. I was like, oh, Okay, that's how this is going to roll. That's fine. Just because the camaraderie, the talking, all that was good anyways. But yeah, just having a chance to be Groot. I I mean, that would be so fun. 
I think for them to kind of implement like melee mechanics is the melee in this. You have it. It's not that's something I don't like about the combat is that it's not very punchy, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like when you like I've just played like the Arkham Trilogy again on Switch. And like when you punch someone like you feel that punch. And uh, the most recent Hellboy game is the same thing where like I love it's okay, but punching people feels great. But when you kind of hit someone with this, it, like there's no, there's not only like, that feedback or jolt from the controller. It feels very soft. And like once you get the the air power up later on, that kind of like you can suck people in and punch them. Like that does a lot of damage, and that was kind of like my go-to gun power. It, it just doesn't feel very good to punch people. Yeah, you're more like kicking them off, kind of thing. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> than you're than than doing any damage. So there's no reward to do it. Yeah. Like I said, I think the the gameplay action parts is like the weakest part. It's not bad, but it's nothing yeah, nothing it's, great. It's functional, it's but it's not point. spectacular. Right. And then when you when you play the game again and you're doing that mission, you know, here comes another wave and a wave is like, okay, this is not why I'm here. I'm here because I want to experience the story again. I wish I could get around this part if I could. But well, I mean, I don't know, gamers, the game industry the movie industry, everything's going through big changes. You know, Hollywood is having a horrible time and the video game industry is having a great time, you know? Yeah, I mean, things are getting more expensive, but... <laughs> not I if mean, you're working there. Every year. What's it? <laughs> yeah, not if you're working there. He's yeah. right. Well, in, I mean, you know. I hate... I, my heart goes to the people that want to make video games and treat it like shit. The industry is horrible. The layoffs are bad, but indie, buy indie games. Find indie studios email them, share them, tell them that you played their game. I mean, there are things that we can do because they are out there. There's tons of indie games out there. If you play an indie game, tell everybody about it, you know, because they're cheap anyways. So, I mean, the power is there. Uh, We've seen some indie games that have had great success, but I don't know. I'm optimistic. Like the games have been good, but yes, ever since like what Red Dead 2, it's just like, what are you doing to these people? Like, why are you working these people to the ground and then and then just laying all, all the just lay them off, you know, like I bet this team is definitely defunct in some way that like the team that made this game are not around anymore and probably other studios now. I think IDOS, I don't think has had or something I haven't read. Actually, they've only gotten better because they've transitioned to a four day work week. Oh, OK, because well, I follow some of these people and I don't know how they survived it. But I mean, they did because I guess they had they didn't like the JSX games and this. Hmm. And yeah, it, it just bums me out that we'll never. I mean, and it's such a weird rights quagmire now, too, because, you know, the deal was signed with Square Enix for this team to make it. But now Square Enix is out of the picture and IDOS is Montreal is owned by someone else. So who knows what happens when uh, hopefully they don't get embracered. I really hope they don't. So, this yeah. Is also why as soon as I saw it on a humble bundle, I picked it up immediately. Yeah. Nice. Like pick up because one of those discs. People won't be around. <laughs> this game is going to disappear off digital store shelves. That's My the thing with guess, these IPs. It mm. already has on the switch, I think. Already? Because on the switch, um, it could only be played via cloud streaming. Well, maybe you just couldn't handle the, the switch, but yeah. That's well, it, it that it's saying it couldn't. So you it was full price, but you effectively downloaded a client, and it's uh, you had to play via cloud streaming. Stream. Interesting. Yeah. 
so that's how the the Resident Evil games. I think it's Resident Evil Seven and possibly Village are work on the Switch because I oh, think wow. the basic Switch doesn't have an Ethernet port that the OLED Switch does. I downloaded the demo to try and I couldn't get past the first area. Like it was just slow and ugly, and I was like, mm, I because I'll try anything you know in this type in my wheelhouse, but I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a danger when you have a big mm. title like this because yeah. ownership gets. Look at all those Lord of the Ring games. Well, that's why you anything licensed, you need to pick. Like if you're a digital gamer or hell any game, especially digital gamer, but like you need to pick up the shit. Like you can't wait. I mean, when you see a good sale, you have to jump. Like I got Midnight Suns for a really fucking good deal on Humble Bundle because I had it. I'm like, I need to grab this now because it's probably gonna be gone in a, in a year or two. Yeah, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. It's funny because I can find it on my Xbox Series X, but it's like you cannot download this game. I'm like, then why are you showing it to me? So I was at my library, and I'm always like, bump, like getting games from there for free, and I'm like, oh, they have the game from, and it's like first gen Xbox One, not 360. Oh, you talking about Xbox One or no Xbox? Oh, is it is it the Platinum game? Uh, Man, it's a Manhattan one. Yeah. Yes. And uh. It's pretty fun. I mean, it's not great, but it's it's a shame that I can't just like download this and have it because my kids like. Well, Ninja you can't Turtles. yet, but eventually, oh yeah, mate, you can get it other ways. So actually, so that's weird. If you had a, I can't see why because if you have a digital license, well, did you? You never bought it, right? Well, I didn't buy it, but they have okay. a disc version of it at my library, and it refused to what? be acknowledged on my Series X. But I have an original Xbox One. And I put it in that, and it installed it instantly. Oh, yeah, no, I get it, because it doesn't have the backwards and pat. Yeah, there's probably something that locks it out since it's a different system. Yeah. But I well, think Xbox is really good yeah, about that, Series though. X, I thought, was 100% compatible with Xbox One. It, well, we found game a game that isn't. Yeah. It Weird. It, it ignores it. It says, this is not a game. And I'm like, what are you talking about? My, okay, that, also, that upsets yeah. me, because I, I have that game, I think, for Xbox One. My Xbox One died years ago and i've been meaning to buy a series x just to play just to be able to play the, the if you remember give it a try because this is this is something that we're talking about right with like this is a marvel game who That's owns fine. marvel and it's just like what are the fate of some of these games like simpsons hit and run you can't play it it's simpsons mm-hmm. it's a popular franchise and you can't just play hit and run but it's supposed to be like one of the best simpsons games out there i mean that's why i'm such an advocate especially licensed stuff i'm i'm an advocate of sailing like i will always say like if it's an old game that doesn't exist anymore yeah more po- i mean go for, like don't feel any remorse just go for it because the company don't give a shit like you know right and i mean and also i try to buy them like in a case if i see a turtles game go on sale like there's a stupid one that i keep on called uh what is it like portal there's some stupid turtles game on steam that pops up every so often and I look at it and go, I kind of want to buy this, but it doesn't look worth it yet. But if you give it on a deep enough sale, I'll grab it just because I know it won't be there long. Portal of Power. I don't. It's some arcade beat 'em up game. It's ten bucks, but I'm waiting for it to be hmm. like five, and I'll I'll buy it. Interesting. I've never heard of yeah. that before. I'm sure it's garbage. Came out in 2017. It looks like garbage, but I like turtles, and I like some. And if something's gonna disappear, I'd rather at least own it. You know digitally because for the most part we haven't run into a situation yet we're getting there where things that you bought digital just go away even though the server is still even though the service is still running i mean wb is trying to change that Mm. but other than wb nobody's been that crooked yet yeah i don't know 
I mean, but it's I, interesting. And the games like this make you think about that because, yeah. yeah, if you can have a physical copy, I would urge you to do that. Like, it's it's on sale all the time. Go to Amazon. I don't know. <laughs> Go to your I'm, local video game store. Somebody's going to have it. What, what's yeah, the local I, video game store anymore? I mean, GameStop, I, that's just a Funko Pop store. What are you talking about? I bought the series. I bought on PlayStation 5, like the collector's edition. And then a few months later, I got a Series X and I played it on Game Pass and then I just bought it on Xbox again because I just wanted to interact with this universe any way I could. That's awesome. And and speaking of universe, because, you know, we kind of live in an era of multiverses and interconnected IPs and it's very hard to do in the video game industry just because like different people have different toys in the toy box. So, for example, like Sony put out the Spider-Man games yeah. And then they put out Iron Man VR, which kind of fits in the Spider-Man universe as they mentioned stuff about like Devil's Breath and Oscorp being made by Otto and Norman, which I think is a- exclusive to the Sony games. But then Avengers came out and has its own Spider-Man. So that oh, doesn't talk right. to those. But now in this, I was curious to see if it actually spoke to the Avengers game because square had the license for both and there's one point in the quarantine zone where you see a giant kree century which if you played avengers that's the last boss of the main campaign because there's one in the san francisco bay that modok brings up okay spoilers I never avengers. That. yeah <laughs> I, I i didn't finish that game so i was like oh so is this talking to that but then you get into the point in nowhere where i guess you're on the continuum cortex with cosmo and he mentions like, you know, this can take you to any point in time or space. And then you kind of like in the corner, you hear Captain America shout Avengers assemble. But it's not the voice actor from that game. I think it's the same voice actor who does Groot. And in another one, you hear someone say, oh, look, it's Spider-Man. But you don't hear Spider-Man talk. I, get I feel like this is going to happen with Star Wars because like there's so many different studios and publishers touching it right now, I feel. But, yeah, you're probably right. It's going to be messy. Because, like, who, yeah, how do you overlap, you know? Oh, well, guess what? Spider-Man's not allowed on the Xbox, so uh, tough shit. Xbox I think games. it might be easier for Star you Wars know? because, like, with Marvel, you have the fact that Sony pretty much owns Spider-Man to a degree. So that right. doesn't help things. It doesn't help because they make a console. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of exclusivity when it comes to Spider-Man because of that fucking contract from back then. So it. that they're never wish- letting go. Spider-Man should be... Uh, kids who can't afford all consoles should not be punished because Sony. I mean, like, I get it, but like, you make money off of selling that game, anyways. Come on, you have enough exclusives. Uh, share. And I share was. Spider-Man. I I didn't really dig into this as I didn't want to, but I couldn't help but see some of it on social media. Um, it's about to get worse. <laughs> oh no! With, with another big property, if you Wolverine. read, in, uh, yeah, kind of just. It's, it was in the whole Insomniac leak thing where I didn't want to read it, but mm. people kept sharing it. So I saw it, even though I didn't want to. But a certain. Yeah, the, it looks like it might be happening again later. Pretty soon. I mean, for them, they like make a good long games. time. I'm just saying that, like, they Sony wasn't making Marvel. So let Sony like just share Spider-Man there. You don't have to tell people to, like, play Spider-Man 2 on an Xbox or anything like that. Like, we're not saying that. So I don't know. It gets it gets scary because like who's touching Marvel right now, you know? And with the Spider-Man character, it's just it gets money. But yeah, if, if there's another group of characters, great. <laughs> I hate exclusives sometimes. Like I like them and I hate them. 
It's yeah, because it, it's a weird thing because like we kind of grew up in an era of consoles being like, well, I'm team Super Nintendo because it has yeah. this version of Batman and Robin, but the Genesis has this version of Batman and oh, Robin right. or which version of Aladdin is better. Yeah, Lion King and Aladdin are so different. And like Xbox <laughs> has Halo and PlayStation has Grand Theft Auto and Metal Gear and Nintendo has Metroid. But now things are getting real muddy and people don't want everything to be shared around, which is weird. Uh, I feel that everything should be everywhere. Like you should be able to play Spider-Man 2. It should be day and date on PC, not a couple of years later. But Sony is their most profitable division is PlayStation because yeah. it sure shit ain't their movies. Uh, <laughs> not the Spider-Man uh, movies, that's for sure. Yeah, hey, I mean, right. you don't think Madam Web's going to break a billion in the box office? Oh, Madam Web Woof. and Craven the Hunter. The hey, I want to see Madam Web. The Morbiuses. Um, see Madam Web. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Joker was excellent, but yeah. I'm but not, I'm... Now they're talking about how I think the rumor was possibly Hi-Fi Rush might be coming to Switch and possibly see if Thebes might be coming to other platforms. And now people are mad at Xbox for not locking down exclusives. They're like, why should I buy Xbox hardware? Why should I do this? Like, it's it's such a right. weird, stupid thing. You're <laughs> right. It's going to get it's going to get messy. Yeah. I mean, I'm a PC gamer. I get everything one way or the other almost at this point. I'm like, you know, you guys like you guys can go battle. I'll go. I'll go play my ROMs from years ago. So (laughs) there's nothing like playing a Game Boy Advance game on your Steam Deck or what I did last week or I did all of last week, a Neo Geo pocket color game. So, hey, I saw that. That, That's great. I have that on Switch. Those that those pocket games. And I have a collection. I think I have the physical copy. They're great. I was surprised. I'll just say that. I'll be talking about it shortly, but not on here. Not for a time you're going to hear anybody soon. So, all right. Anything else you guys want to say about Guardians? Should we go on to questions, memories, or comments? I have a couple. Yeah, go for it. All right. See what I got from the Giant Bomb Group. Oh, I got more than I thought I did. From Cameron Falkenberg. Got it for free from Epic. I plan on giving it a shot at some point. I did too. <laughs> from Andy Bolsover. I played the first hour or so on Game Pass and found the dialogue insufferable. Like a game where every character is Bubsy the Bobcat, just relentlessly unfunny quips with every line. I do want to give what? it another chance. It just makes such a terrible first impression. All right. Do we around? Right. From Daniel Fitzgerald. I absolutely had a blast with this game. It was so well written and the way it dealt with grief and loss was exceptional. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. From Jonas Cabrera, I think I erased this game in my memory just because Marvel movies burn me too much. I might have to check this out again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, you're, when you're ready, go back to Marvel when you're ready, but don't go to a movie. Go to this game instead. And yeah, but I think that's a larger conversation, too, because about kind of how long it takes to make games is that they're announcing all these Marvel games now that won't be coming for the next three, four years. Right. And the Iron being red hot for Marvel is gone. It may never, yep. it's probably not coming back. It will still be a popular brand, but it's not the days of, yeah, I have to get my Thursday ticket to see this because it's going to be spoiled by Friday morning. Cause everyone is going like, yeah. you have like blade two black Panther games. I mean, iron man, and by the time games, these things though. come out, like, you know, who knows how they're going to do because this didn't sell very well. Midnight Suns didn't sell very well. I think like Spider-Man is the only one that's really been able to. But I think that's just a Spider-Man is just such like a hugely popular character. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that, the first game was amazing. So <laughs> like Fun they did that thing too with the those. It was like the third one, Marvel. It was a Switch exclusive. Ultimate Alliance three. Ultimate Alliance, dude. I was like, why the hell did they do that? Like, I'm so upset that Switch exclusive. Well, that, Nintendo's paying the bills. That's the thing. It's like ugh. I know. I mean, but yeah, it makes you. Upset. It's either you don't have it or it's over here. Like it's oh, that's just it. I'll I'll play it in a couple years on my Steam Deck. So it's fun. Yeah. The real Ultimate Alliance three. You already have it. It's called Midnight Suns. <laughs> I gotta try that one out. Yeah. I really want to play Ultimate Alliance for this podcast, but if you like RPGs and you play a Marvel card game every day, what are you talking about? Love Midnight Sun. How can you say I play a card game every day? You act like I'm. I was playing it early while we were recording. My God, how can you say that? (laughs) (sighs) Gotta do my missions. This has been AI this entire time. Mike's been secretly playing Marvel Snap. (laughs) No, I only did a little. I only did like one (laughs) match to play two six cost cards to get my mission done. The other mission I'll do later, but. I love fucking Marvel Snap, man. Uh, you know, I was thinking about that when I was playing this game. I'm like, huh, you know, the whole Guardians. I'm like, that made me. And I was thinking of Marvel Snap cards because they have the Guardians and Marvel Snap. But we don't have. And we had, yeah, I want a Lady Hellbender card. That's what went through my head. I'm like, huh, yes. I want her. So, all right. From Jeff Rickles, I think it's an underrated game. Gets unfairly lumped in with the semi disastrous Avengers mm-hmm. game. I had a ton of fun with it, and the visuals are outstanding. From Mike Buckley, the banter, the banter back and forth between the levels really made me feel like I was part of the team. The sudden mini game with Rocket comforting Drax when he needed a shoulder, helping a teammate get through his fear of water. It was the little moments that made the game feel so big for me. I forgot about that water stuff. That was good. That was a really good scene. Yeah, that whole he was area. terrified of water, and he finally, you know, he finally faces his fear to help out the team. And how he like explains why, like. It, he has that fear and how crazy that like that was basically just like a form of experimentation and sensory deprivation and torture mm-hmm. on half worlds. Yeah. Surprise. High evolutionary is a piece of shit. So <laughs> not mentioned in this game, but that's who it is. So pretty sure it depends. The, oh, is it, it different in the comics? Uh, well, the whole half world thing is really weird because in the 80s, there was Rocket Raccoon and he was. You know, Rocket and his friend Wal Russ were like defenders of Halfworld from Blackjack the Hare because they had to get toys to help the insane people. And then they retconned that to something else. It's really confusing. Like, that's the problem with all these Guardians is like there's no elevator pitch meeting like Spider-Man where it's like guy gets spider powers, uncle dies, becomes superhero because of this. Like Guardians like, well, Star-Lord used to be a sun god and then he's a guy who's a cyborg and then he's this <laughs> okay yeah good point i mean they're all just such random because the original guardians are like yondu and other characters again i kicked myself i had the chance to buy that book for like five bucks i'm like i don't give a shit about you guys <laughs> but yes <laughs> i have a lot of regrets from early 2000 when i was looking at god books like oh i should buy some of these first periods and i did not know what i was talking about all right from Co- Cody Boren, I wish the combat was a little better. If you just keep every team member's abilities on cooldown, you win every fight. Yeah, but that, that's fine. Yeah. From Tala Faraka, it reminds me of the movie games Disney used to make with their releases during the SNES and PS1 era. By all accounts, those games were for kids, but every once in a while, we would get a decent platformer action game, Toy Story 2, Aladdin, Emperor's New Groove. This is what it felt like to me. I thought the gameplay was good. It captured the atmosphere of the movies well, and it was just the right duration. All right. Okay, let's see here. And from the official Laser Time community, from Alan Matthews, I really like this game as well. I need to get back to it. You do, because it's a really mm-hmm. good game. From Chris Spewer, I played it and really liked it. Nice mix of comic 
Guardians of the Galaxy and the movie from Daniel Peckham. I've still yet to play this game, but the soundtrack from the Star-Lord band is on regular rotation on my music playlist. Bit of Good, Ghosts, and Space Riders with No Name are three of my favorites. The album is a brilliant homage to 80s glam metal rock, and I cannot recommend yeah. it enough. That Yeah, that's great, and that's yes. a cool thing because that's what they play during what's called streamer mode. Because I guess if you know, if I stream this game, I would get flagged because of all the licensed music. Yeah. But uh, when you put it on streamer mode, whenever you get out of the huddles, it's always from the Star Lord band. And uh, something that is like really cool. Like I love when you start the game and you have like the tape cover (laughs) or the cassette full that you can read the lyrics and everything. Also that Chewbacca action figure is like 100% accurate because I had that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know that figure, too. I don't have it, but I, I watched enough toys that made us. I was like, ah, Chewbacca. Oh, and I used to like I used to like old Star Wars toys a lot. I have two in my parents' house, I think, somewhere, if they're still there. From Jose de Garcia, I absolutely love this game. Guardians are my pers- personal favorite in the MCU, and this was the closest to a good playable MCU game we were going to get. Yeah. <laughs> The new takes on some classic char- characters are really interesting. Also, a decent challenge and lots of fun things to find in a lock. It's everything the Avenger game isn't, including fun. <laughs> and from Ross Dobson, agreed. Played through this when it was on Game Pass and loved it. Funny, well-paced with a good story and didn't overstay its welcome. And from Tyler Watson, I got it as an early Christmas gift a few months ago and played through it. Absolutely loved it. We need more like it. Mm-hmm. We do. Will we get that? I doubt it, but we do. Where's my heart hearing these comments? Well, I was happy. I mean, it's almost pretty much all positive in what I got. And I got one more group to read from the I Watch the Entire Oprah Tuber Replay group from Randolph Sparks. The licensed music in this game was simply brilliant, plus the original song by the in-game band Star-Lord captured the vibe perfectly. I, I want to talk about that. We, we did a little bit. Like, the music was so fucking good. And I yeah. I fell in love with it pretty quickly because the music. Like, the intro, when I was just sitting there, and you just hear the different songs playing on the track before you hit start. And I'm just like, you got me, game. I'm and already, it's... I'm on board. It's so hilarious. Like I, I, I remember talking to random people, and I, it's it's too hard to explain how funny it is to them. How like I go, I'm in this big battle, especially towards the end, where there's people swarming you from like towers, and I come out of the huddle and like hanging tough. My new kids in the block is playing, <laughs> so I'm just like shooting and laughing my ass off because yep. like it's so funny. And like we, I think we both had Rick Astley. I had Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, which was, like, another one. And it was, like, during the whole trade-off at the end with the Magus, where it's playing, like, the final countdown, and I just, like, think of Job and Arrested Development and all that. Yeah, same. Wake Me Up is uh, Wham, by the way. Yeah. They did have... No, I love Never Gonna... I just like... Well, one reason I like Never Gonna Give You Up, the song that people rickroll, is because it's also the same as the Rubble theme in Chrono Trigger, one of the best games ever made. So, like, I'm Uh forever gonna be in love with that song because it, you know, references something amazing. And just like the whole the um, the final battle at the end where they kind of have like the heavy metal album cover where it's like the explosion of him holding the tape player and Lady Hellbender is in the back on the dragon. <laughs> like just the crescendo of the entire game is just. Yeah. Oh, oh I, we didn't talk about it, but like how epic Fing Fang Foom was and everything with that. I was surprised yeah. that they had that in this game. And I love that they talk about like because Drax has all these. Like weird legends, like oh the the thunder on Maclu Four is caused by like Lady Hellbender's moods and things like that, and she's just <laughs> like a person. And they talk about like oh I heard Fink Fang Foom wears purple shorts, which he does in the comics <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and it's like what are you talking about? And uh, it was weird on the whole planet, like they have the Wendigo 
Yeah, I, I was like, eh, okay, but fine. And the weird Ruby Thursday character. I remember that one. Well, it's a character, and you you go to or no, Sekhnarf Nine is where Lady Hellbender is. Macleod Four is where Fing Fang Foom is. Yeah, but and you you go to the camp where you you run to this person, and she has like a weird tentacle monster for a head. And she talks about how, like, we came here to hunt Fing Fang Foon and everyone is dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, I, I know what you're talking about now. Oh, and to go back to like, there's a really funny comment with Lady Hellbender when like he made that comment about the weather and Gamora's like, that's not how women work or weather. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I love that where Draxus doesn't understand what he's saying. It was so great. Uh, so many fucking good moments. But no, everything with Fing Fang Foon was just so fucking epic. I was like, this is. And you capture him, and then she just rides him in the battle. Like I'm like, all right, that that this game is pretty damn cool. I like when uh, they're trying to shoot through a door, and I think it's like Groot is on the other side. And then when they finally get through the door, Groot is like, like I am Groot. Like, like what are you shooting at me for? Yeah. I was like, that was uh, really funny, actually. Well acted. I haven't been able to confirm this, but I think I watched. I think it was like a developer interview where they said that if you finish it on New Game Plus. There's supposed to be an option where you translate what Groot is saying. Oh, but I don't know how to turn it on. And I think that might have been something that was left on the cutting room floor. I have no idea. Okay. Don't anyone quote me on that? Because I tried it New Game Plus this time around and I can't find it. And right. I Googled how do I do it? And it, it, there's no clear option. So I, I don't know if it's something I just misheard incorrectly. That would be cool, though. I mean, that would definitely help. For some people, push them to a second playthrough. Well, not for me, but that's me. But that's cool. All right. And oh, another thing we... I'll read a couple more, but I have one more thing I want to bring up. But uh, from Matt Pickleton, I'm really glad they kept the single player. I give them props for fighting the urge to make it a co-op live service game because I'm sure discussions came up about it at Square Enix. It's one of the best written superhero games, too. I'm sure it was. <laughs> from Matt Eisenhofer, it was such an underrated gem. I loved it and had such a fun time. This The team banter and characterizations were perfect, and the use of songs killed every time one came on. It's such a shame it didn't get more advertising, but I feel like the Avengers game soured a lot of people on their Marvel team action game. I wish we could get a sequel, but I'm heartbroken knowing that's impossible. Yeah. 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 From Steve Lusiter, this was an absolute blast to play. The licensed music was fired to the point I'd stay in the Milano something and just jam. Thought the writing and dialogue were excellent. I thought Drax personally was the best character and had story beats that yep. actually hit while the branching story didn't really encourage a ton of extra playthrough. I still like the option. I'm not usually big on, on liking collectibles, but I really like finding and exploring all the costumes. My two big gripes were that my system crashed a few times playing it and that I wish I had a little more variety with the combat. It did start feeling a little stale toward the end of the game. Overall, I gave it an impeccably solid 8 out of 10. Mm. And from... Lucas Harris. I played it while it was on Game Pass. It's an exciting, no-frills, single-player action game, and I enjoyed it. I give it a solid B. Okay, from Shadish. Gameplay is a 6.5. Story and banter between the group is 9.5 out of 10. From Jeff Flynn. I've never been so happy to finish a game, and I mean that as a cleanly positive way. The fact <laughs> that when the credits rolled, I felt fully satisfied and there was no post-game distress over so incredibly rare, and the fact that they broke synergy by going with a comic-accurate depiction. I cannot say that word, and not a movie one is Buckwild. And from Simeon Moore, just have a, oh, I've got a few more to read. I think I've talked about it in here, but this game is an absolute blast. I enjoyed it and still think about the narrative often. A brush of fresh air compared to the MCU characterizations and the character designs are perfect in my opinion. I had doubts when it was announced, but even early on, I could tell the game was special. I had a good, good cry with this game when the game talked about loss and dealing with grief and and trying to move on, having the game point of view solely on Peter generally works. Watching this guy go from carefree attitude to possibly having a kid he was never there for 
just showing up for the kid and actively trying to do the right thing, even when he ultimately finds out it isn't his, more or less the position I was in for almost two years. Game got me good. I wish we would have more, but alas, we will not. So, hmm. Right from Justin McElwee, not a Guardians fan in general, but bought it on sale on PSN at some point. Absolutely loved it. The story had me hooked, loved the gameplay, and the ship combat was a blast, too. Overall, probably one of my favorite recent video game stories up there with Red Dead 2. Okay. I do want to play Red Dead 2, by the way, but that game seems too big for me. You've never played that game? Oh, my goodness. You know I haven't played either of them. I played Red Dead 1 twice. I haven't played any Rockstar games. Oh, no, that one's... No, Red Dead 2, I think, is their best. Anywho, <laughs> I do want to play from Cooper O'Neill. I had an absolute blast with this game. Really, really loved the music and the fictional band that they recorded an entire album for. Surprisingly fun to echo what a few others have said. I found the gameplay to be good, but not great, though. I dig the approach of having you only play a star Lord, but the story and characters were so engaging that I didn't want it to end. I played the I'd played the hell out of a sequel. And last comment from John Aldridge. I really love how this game really goes into the backgrounds and all the issues that each Guardian is dealing with. Each character has a personal issue that is well-written, shown, and dealt with throughout the game, and it done so well. Really plays with the mental health with these intergalactic superheroes in a way I wasn't expecting, and it did it so well. I wasn't expecting that from this game and how well it's done is one of the major reasons I absolutely love this game. More games need to take notes with how well this game did its stuff. But it didn't sell well, so <laughs> I agree. And I got one last comment to read from the Discord. You can join our Discord and put comment memories in there. From Gork30, I had way more fun with this game than I thought I would. Fun action and decent gameplay. Music was great as expected and recommend to any Guardians of the Galaxy fan. All right, and last thing I want to talk about before we go on to the last section. we Like, the stuff with Magus. Like, that, that final fight with Magus where it's just really just, you do a combat arena and then you it's all about the dialogue options. I thought that was a nice way to end the game. Hmm. And it's like the the whole Adam Warlock where he's constantly talking alliteration and like the bonding <laughs> moments where they're just like making fun of how he talks. <laughs> oh, and to go on, I had a bunch of crashes with this game on Steam Deck, but I blame it on me because I was cheap bastard and bought the low, bought the smaller Steam Deck. I couldn't. I had to install okay. this game to my micro SD card, so I don't blame it on the game. I blame it on, on me. I think I had a few, or I, I think I may have had to reset it even now on PlayStation. I played it on, I was going to play it on Xbox, so I've never done a new game plus an Xbox, but my TV only has two HDMI ports, and I have a new system, and I had the PlayStation 5 plugged in, so I just played that one. And it's still like a few instances. I can't remember when exactly, but it's I had to like turn, like close down the app and reopen it. No, no issues on uh, Xbox one x the first time i played it and then the second time was the series x and no crashes okay i mean again i i chalked it up to what i was doing so because i've heard it's verified for steam deck so it runs it just i was having issues but hey for those out there don't buy the cheapest steam deck well now it, the cheapest one is has 256 gigs so you're fine but mine did not <laughs> i regret it sometimes these games are fucking huge yeah like i was like look at my playstation 5 as i'm uh you know, I, I run a website on comic book games, so I'm getting Suicide Squad next month, and I'm already anticipating it being, like, taking up 100 gigs of space on my PlayStation. My right. condolences. That game that's, does not look... That's good. Rocksteady, though, right? Yes. I love Rocksteady's work with Batman. I, I can't imagine yeah. being as bad as they're saying. Is it people being dramatic? I played the beta, and uh, as of this recording, I'm allowed to talk about my impressions. It's not as bad as what I thought it was going to be, but I can I think the the loop is fun, but I don't know how long it's going to last and how obnoxious it's going to be. That's 
that that's I think that's what's going to make her break it because the story beat seems pretty cool. But, you know, we'll see. It's not that far away now. No, I mean, it'll, it'll be out soon. I'm I look forward to hearing what you have to say about it because I know yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah. If you want to read my impressions, go to comicbookvideogames.com <laughs> where I wrote about my, my time with the beta. OK. <laughs> All right. And Plug. before we go to Shelf Stacker Box, I want to give away a steam code and we're going to give away Bendy and the Ink Machine steam code. Ooh. And the code is C5ZDTMDQ5WXFQQW. That is a seam code for Bendy and the Ink Machine. All right. And let's go to Shelf Stacker Box. And we should start with the guy that convinced me to do this whole episode. Blair, what about you? Oh, this is going on the shelf twice as I have two copies on my shelf for <laughs> PlayStation 5 and Xbox. I can't speak highly enough of this. I awarded it my game of the year for the site in 2021 uh, when it came out. The story is great. The acting is great. You know, the third person combat, it, it's fine. But, you know, everything else kind of makes up for that shortcoming a little. Uh, it's still enjoyable to go through the worlds and, you know, explore and learn about not only like this universe and these characters, but also you're getting a little bit of an education on the Guardians of the Galaxy comics as a whole, which I think is a responsibility that's being mishandled by a lot of people who are making superhero games. So, I mean, like we mentioned throughout the show, it, this game is regularly on sale. It's not that expensive. It's not going to take you long to finish, so it's not a big, like, say, Baldur's Gate 3 style commitment. So, like, you know, give it a shot, even if you are burnt out by Walmart. I don't know why I said Walmart just now. <laughs> by Marvel. Because I think, yeah, again, if you like things like like Naughty Dog games, like The Last of Us or Uncharted, where it's, you know, you're funneled along this path to experience a story that someone's built, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't like this one. Okay, and Brandon? It was my game of the year, so definitely going on the shelf. But And I would say all the same things that Blair did. I just want to ask, you have the collector's edition of this game. So what does it look like? What did you get with it? Um, it came with a steel. It has been a while since I've looked at it. <laughs> We're going live, folks. We are going live. Yeah, it's right behind me. So it's like that's my horrible out of shape grunt from just standing up. Just because you're fro- you were frozen solid because you live in the Antarctic right now. Yeah, I mean, it comes in a cool case. I have a steel tin and it has a art book and there's like a little it's almost like an Altoid tin container, but it has Star Lord's business card or the Guardians of the Galaxy business card. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool. at the end. I love it. I hope to meet John McLaren or any of these people someday and get him to sign it. Whoa, that'd be cool. It- Hey, it's fun getting memorabilia signed. It really is. John McLaren was actually in this province to film a movie in October 2022. And I wasn't going to like be a creeper, but I was like, man, I would just love to run into him seeing he's in my neck of the woods. Because I, I saw him like post on Instagram being like, oh, yeah, I'm at this place in Newfoundland. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> he's so close. He's been so far. <laughs> yeah, I never met a celebrity just like that. I, I don't know how I would. I, I've, I've just done conventions where I pay you to sign private item, and I'm like, yeah, this this all this work. It would, well, no, I, I take it back. I did meet a celebrity once in person. I met Ernie Hudson at FedEx, where I worked at the time. So the Ghostbuster. That was fucking cool. Okay. Yeah, you, I forgot about that experience. You reminded me. Thank you. <laughs> so what are you going to do? going to put it in the shelf? Oh, yeah. I should go next. <laughs> I'm going to put this on the shelf also. At first, I was pretty just turned off at the game for the first, like, hour. But once I, once I accepted it, once I got into it, once I 
got through the tutorial stuff. I really enjoyed it. It was a great experience. Took me 14 hours on the Steam Deck, and I loved it. So going on the shelf, and I, I'm going to recommend it to people for sure. Right. And to mention what we're going to be talking about next week, next week you can hear us talk about Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. Ooh, never heard of that. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. It's good. I played it. Charlotte. I talked. Jonathan. Charlotte. Jonathan. And not when you have the volume turned off, you don't hear anything. <laughs> I mean, the game had volume, player. I didn't hear anything when I played the whole time. Huh. Weird. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating either. I just turned off the volume. I didn't hear shit. <laughs> so you can hear about that next week. And I know we said it before, but Blair, where can people find you at? You can find me at on various social media platforms at Blarcade. Uh, you can read my work at comicbookvideogames.com. I'm not exactly taking a break, but I've definitely slowed down. Most recently, as I mentioned, I just posted my impressions of the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League beta. Uh, if you follow electric playground or victor lucas i believe they're going to put out the rock and ray gun awards pretty soon you may just see me show up in that talking about something you may have heard me talk about on this show gotham knights <laughs> nothing my joke okay <laughs> your favorite one of your favorite batman games ever right right up there with gotham city racer <laughs> <laughs> and brandon where can people find you at yep i'm from the nomads of fantasy podcast so just type Nomads of Fantasy, and you'll find us. We talk about movies, video games, TV shows. We call ourselves nomads because we like fictional stories, and we're not fanboys. We do not care if it's Star Wars or Star Trek. We, if it's good, we're going to check it out. Um, but I will plug one thing. We have a thing that we made called WhatMapGame.com. So it's kind of like, you know those games where you guess like what Wordle or something like that? It's like that, but it's a video game map. So every time you take a guess, it zooms out a little bit more, and then you can try and guess what game it's from. Yeah, and sometimes Mike is a guest on our show. I think he's been our most returning guest. So we'll have to get him on a couple of times this year. You guys know where to find me. Yep. Twitter, you know, that, that, that thing. You know, not X, Twitter. <laughs> X. <sighs> Fucking Elon. I will always insult that guy at this point. Your last episode, you guys just did like a 30-second rant. <laughs> <laughs> There's multiple episodes where I do three rants we do, about him. <laughs> we do it too. We're like, it feels so dumb saying it. It's like, what? How dare you, Elon? Uh, it, it's not going to change either for me. I'm I'm going to keep bitching about him and his what he did. So yeah, as you should. And I'll. I mean, just another second. If you like the actors of this game, go to Twitch and look up John McLaren M C L A R E N I R L on Twitch and follow him and. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's have a good time. It's a community. It's called the Rough Cut, Rough Cut Collective. It's a pretty good place to hang out. I know someone, I believe their social media handle is Simon Eyes, uh, who worked on this. He regularly shows up, too. So cool. That's cool. I, I've never gotten into Twitch. The only time I watch Twitch is, I don't know if you guys can believe this, is when Marvel Snap has a promotion and I have to put it on the background. Can you Ooh. believe I would do that? God, just to get freaking a variant. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I watch Twitch. <laughs> when they when Marvel's not like, hey, watch six hours and we'll give you a variant. I'm like, all right. In the background you go. So yes. <laughs> that happens. But all right. And if you enjoyed this episode, there's over five hundred and fifty other episodes of this podcast. You can go find everything we do on Podbean. Just Google I mean, hell, just Google Game My Mouth at this point, you'll find it. But <laughs> on Podbean, you can actually search our epi- our whole database and type in Star Wars, type in Type in whatever the hell you want. You never know what's going to come up. Type in Flash. You'll get you'll get a review of the game. So just type whatever you want. 
you will find all the stuff we did. We did do Marvel's Avengers a while ago, so that's in there. We did the movies, all the MCU movies. So go check all that out if you're interested in that. We did the Guardians movies. You want to go listen to those? Only the first two. I really need to get around to doing three, but I'm so Shit. fucking burnt. I'm so burned out on MCU that like we just. Stopped. I am too, but you can, you can watch that one because I'm so burned out too. I liked but. it. I've seen it. I just don't like for MCU. I do them in order, so we're at we got to Eternals and then we broke, <sighs> and it's been over a year and a half, I think, at this point. Yeah, I think someone. Them. Yeah, I, I thought that was your big hang up is that you had to do them in order, and Eternals was next, and then. Once the Eternals hurdle is done, then it's at least Spider-Man. Yeah, because we did the last one we did was Shang-Chi that released in December of 2022. <laughs> wow. And I and for those that like, have been listening to the show for a long time, I used to do the MCU shit like every two weeks we blew through like, I mean, it shortened down after a bit because I was just we, we were having it, it, we were getting overwhelmed. But like we we did the whole series in like a year and a half or so, the whole Infinity Saga. And then I wanted to keep going. I took a little bit of a break and then I just I just have little to no interest now. I mean, I love Multiverse of Madness. I when I saw it in theaters, I loved Spider-Man No Way Home enough that I have a $90 Funko Pop collection to the right of me. Like that movie is great, but I just I can't do it. Turtles. <laughs> I need to just pull that bandage off and be like. And just get Bill, because Bill said he'll do it with me. We need him to sit down and just bitch about that movie for an hour, and then it's done. Speaking of Eternals, and not kind of drag this out any longer, uh, in the post-credits scene of Eternals, there's a character named Pip the Troll. Spoilers for Eternals, I guess. It's not and a spoiler for something that's never going to be, re- uh, you know, followed up on. So it's okay. In the uh, in the planet where you, where Mantis is basically piggybacking Drax. It's blink and you miss it, but he's in the background on that planet watching you. Oh, that's cool. Also, yeah. don't forget that in that last scene of Eternal, they have Star Fox, too. The guy whose power is to rape people. So eh. I'm not completely joking, unfortunately. I can't let you do that, Star Fox. <laughs> so we will never see that character again, either. Because so. his power is a mind control. But I think that's what happens in the comics, at least the early stuff of him, probably. So <sighs> comics for you sometimes. Well, 70s for you, I think, too. But that's enough of that bullshit. Uh, so if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon for a little dollar. You could vote in our Patreon poll. You will see a link in the show notes to that. And we have a Discord. Please join our Discord and chat with us. Use the link in the show notes to that, too. And when you have stuff my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hastry. You can follow her on TikTok, Twitch, Instagram. You will see everything that she does. You'll see a link to in the show notes. Uh, you will see a link, a link to these gentlemen, so definitely go check out their stuff. Also, want to give a shout-out to my buddy Bill Tucker. started his own podcast two years ago. Gamer looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. You hear about that every episode. He's on the show quite often. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, Blue Sky, YouTube, audio only. But we are at all those things. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.